0: so hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the 49th edition of the fdt tv podcast my name is ian i'm mike uh, and we talk nonsense about football if you like a rant then we're the one for you if you don't then i might go on a rant about that later you have to stay tuned to uh, <laughs> to find out but before we get any further there are a hell of a lot of you who listen to this who are not subscribed to our youtube channel uh, so if you head over to fdt-tv on youtube you'll find the big gold cut make sure you're subscribed and you'll get all the best content especially because we are coming out a lot down soon and we'll be able to bring you a lot more so be there or be square um another horrendous week for officiating in my opinion uh that's where i was going to say that's why i'm wearing a, a motorhead t-shirt i was going to wear all black <laughs> but uh, i wasn't prepared because i was just sort of going to celebrate the death of uh the the fair <laughs> totally. officiating in, in football um so yeah i've done that by donning a motorhead t-shirt um <laughs> mike we we'll kick off with one of my favorites it may not necessarily be in the same order or even the right bloody uh thing but we will go with a uh, goal of the week and in my lovely gruff voice this week that would have been would have been lovely for mike but for the rest of you you wouldn't know
1: it was uh, no different to any other week to be yeah, honest mate fair I... enough, fair <laughs> enough.
0: Um, we, we um, I, don't, I can't even remember. We did a live stream for the last podcast to We watch, did. Uh, West Ham versus Leeds. West Ham versus Leeds, we did, yes. Um, I can't even remember. We we, saw, we we was all over the place because we was watching the game. Uh, so we kept jumping in about our conversations and going back and forwards. Uh, we didn't really have a running order. But I can't even remember if we decided on the goal of the week last week.
1: Uh I can't remember if we did it. <laughs> well, That's bad, isn't it? It's our own podcast, so we don't even know.
0: It, it's professionalism, to be it. reviewed. To be reviewed. Yeah. Uh so so in that case, we'll we'll just skip that one and we'll come on to uh goal of the week for this week, um, which you have compiled a list of the best goals.
1: I have. There were some good goals this week and there were some average goals this week. I would like to put my boys into the the goal contenders of the week. But I think the first one was a good team goal. The second one was a penalty. So, Arsenal didn't make the cut this week. However, um there were, as I said, some good goals. McNeil for Burnley versus Everton. What an absolute belter. Um, it was cut down the right-hand side, left foot, curled it right into top ends absolute sculpture and that was the only goal this weekend where I went cool (laughs) it was a good goal um trossard for Brighton um that was more of a great team goal for me there was some nice intricate passes um just a fantastic team goal um this one I'm throwing in and it does make me feel a little bit sick a because it was against us and b because it was just such a cheeky, cheeky, cheeky goal. Um, but Lamella for Spurs, his little Rabona through Thomas Partey's legs,
2: <laughs>
1: just bent it into the bottom corner. I was honestly, mate, I was raging when that got in. I've 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 been angry at some goals this 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 year or this season, um, but that for me was one of those ones where you just like. Come on, boy. What are you doing? Um, and then Ian Atcho. Uh, he was absolutely outstanding in Leicester's game against Sheffield United. His third goal, especially, was an absolute corker. Cool so there we go. There are four selections for this this week's goal of the week. Just to recap, you've got Mick for Burnley. Charles for Brighton, Lamella for Spurs, and Acho for Leicester. Yep. His third goal. So that, uh, make sure you check yeah. out our Twitter. Um, they will be on there. We will be running a poll. Please make sure you go over there. Give us a follow because um, we'll constantly post stuff on there in terms of the goal of the week and all football stuff. Um, but the cast your vote there and we'll read out the results next week.
0: Yeah. Uh, Say, so for those of you who are looking in the descriptions... Twitter handles will be in the uh, links there. If not, mine is Ian at Ian FDT and Mike's is at Michael Hawes 85. Um, So yeah, make sure you've gone and followed us on there for all the latest and greatest and for your opportunities to get involved in stuff. Um, That leads us quite nicely on to the next segment of our podcast. Um, and, And some people like it, some people don't. And that sort of goes quite in nicely with the, uh, the title of it, which is...
2: Uh... So, one good, one bad.
0: And, as your game was first. I think it's only right that we hand the rights over... Well, say the rights, like the key to the London over to you. Because <laughs> London is red from the lowest position in the table. But... Yes. You can't win anything. So uh, over to you, Mike.
1: London is red. Very nicely put there, Ian. London is red. I'm donning my lucky shirt today. Um, th- this, this has been out the last few games that I've been watching, and it seems to be doing us all right. So I've decided today I'm going to wear the shirt. Last season's home shirt. Very nice strip. Um, but yes, we played Tottenham Hotspurs, our bitter rivals looking at the um the the live match preview our predictions i think i was slightly downbeat on those uh, just given spurs current form at that particular point but as the week drew on both of us playing in europe i started to feel a little bit more comfortable and a little more more confident we had uh, two really good victories in europe just recently uh granted we had a bit of a disappointing result against burnley but we moved on from that very quickly as i said not too long ago eric lamella scored a um a cheeky goal and then we bounced back very quickly martin odegaard equalized and again it was another great bit of play that we've seen quite often this season kieran tierney running down the left cutting across ball in and Martin Odegaard was there to hit the ball. Luckily, well, we did get a bit of a lucky deflection, but I mean, it was still going on target and possibly would have got it anyway. Alex Lacazette got the winner or what turned out to be the winner from the penalty spot. Um, That's something that we can come on possibly into the VAR section, although I don't want to dwell on it too much because it actually went in our favor. Uh, But uh, for me, the, the one good is something slightly controversial, I think. We have heard that there have been a few breaches of the team protocol um from certain players. And one certain player turned up late yesterday and got um kicked out from the starting eleven. When I first heard the starting eleven and saw the news flash saying that Abamiang had been sidelined um for breaches of the team policy, it was either gonna go one of two ways. It was either gonna be a a great decision and we were going to win the game anyway. Or secondly, if we'd have lost the game, it was going to be that one of these, what the are you doing? Luckily, it went in our favour and Obamiang uh, did, uh, did not feature. We won the game. Um, but I think that sent a clear message to all players is that if you don't pull your socks up, you will get dropped. Captain or no captain, highest, uh, highest earner at the club or not, you will get dropped if you don't follow the protocol. So, for me, that was the one good. Uh, and the one bad was that that is now our 10th game on the bounce where we have conceded a goal. There was, there was a bit of flukiness about it. It was a really good... I Well, it pains me to say it. It was a great goal. And it was one of those ones that you just kind of have to hold your hands up and say, okay, because that... that was it more fluky than anything i mean i'd say the surprise look in his face i think he was just trying it just to just to give it a go and if it goes in it goes in you look like a, an absolute hero um but if it doesn't then it doesn't matter it just looked like you were trying to be cheeky so um the the other thing I did want to point out is that that's the first time we've beaten Spurs since the 4-2 in 2018. Our run of fixtures against Tottenham haven't been great I, I, as of late. It was nice to get uh, one over our rivals again, uh, especially our, after how we played in the last fixture. So, yeah, really, really pleased with um, yesterday's uh, result. And oh, I'm just I'm still buzzing from it, still buzzing from it. As you, as you do with uh, a London, well, your closest rival.
0: Yeah. Well, so in fairness, I, I think you touched on a very good point there. Um, I, I put a tweet about, out about it earlier, actually, um, in saying that there's been it's a very mixed reception for what Arteta did in saying no man is bigger than the club. I don't care if you're the captain. I don't care if you're the highest earner. You turn up late. You ain't playing. Has seen well. Disciplinary issues. He's never. He's not actually said, but yep. as as teams were arriving, there has been pictures uh, that have arisen of Abamyang's car in the middle of traffic. So yep. sort of, it's one of those. It's sort of beyond his control, but at the same sense, he knows he's got to be there in a timely manner. So, but I, I do think that 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 puts a, a stamp on the team, and and I, I respect that. When you said hmm. when you said it was going to be a controversial. I thought he was going to say Jose Mourinho's post match press conference because I thought that was, <laughs> an absolute, that, was, that was a special one classic. I said, referee tired. Did he referee in the middle of it? I, I, I did like My, it. Uh,
1: sorry, I'm going to interject there, but the one of the bits that got me was like, well, if you're an Arsenal season ticket, it's a penalty all day long yeah. get for everyone else. I was like, yes.
0: It, <laughs> in fairness, it's, it, it's one of those. Yes, the chance had gone because he had swung and missed at it but he did also get clattered by davidson sanchez if he was yep. a little bit more tactful in it then because i think he had, had he knew that he wasn't going to get there to make the tackle so he was sort of going for that i'm just going to chuck my body in the way and hope that he gets a, a deflection mm. um so it's sort of it's an unfortunate one to concede you can see why he's defended like that but in the same sense it, it does scream north london derby doesn't it it's, it's mm. brilliant um I do have a question for you though um yep. leading on from that obviously the audacious attempt by lamella it's not his best Rabona goal that he scored he scored a good one six years ago but he did he did nuts uh thomas party he said and put it to Leno's left Leno uh quite clearly cannot dive to the left um Harry Kane's attempt that got ruled out uh, was also to his left so I, if antonio or lingard are listening then um you can't dive left boys you can't dive left but don't don't
1: also forget there was the free kick as well so yeah. obviously his header that yeah. was rolled offside and also the free kick that hit the post yeah didn't that they hit the post, post twice well. didn't they yes yeah
0: yeah, yeah. um but we've seen we've seen that what i'll get to my point rather than rambling on like i do um eric lamella come on for an injured son which i think in most arsenals eyes uh, was like, oh, thank God for that, because Son has got the ability to absolutely destroy teams. But mm-hmm. Eric Lamella played the derby like a derby game. He'd come on and he was giving little niggles to uh, to Jacka, giving little niggles to, to David louise The two players in the team who've got the temperament to make a blunder and lose their heads at times. Do you feel like there was a lack of that sort of tactic from Arsenal that sometimes we usually see in these games?
1: No, um, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. So for, I I get what you mean in terms of the derby, the being a big occasion for the the two North London clubs. Yep. But I think we have seen one too many times, uh, certainly in recent years, where the players are a bit hot-headed and they do go in for rash challenges, and then you end up in a certain situation like he did, uh, sorry, like Lamella did yesterday with the um the the following through on Thomas Partey for his first yellow card yeah. and then the the silly elbow out into the face of Kieran uh, Tierney for the for the second um yeah. for his second yellow and I think <coughs> whilst whilst I did miss the the kind of intensity and the ferocity that we've seen from previous derbies uh-huh. certainly uh, over not so much in the last couple of seasons because they've been it's been more about the football as opposed to the occasion yep. um i think that's something that because we have had a poor record with red cards this year that possibly michael Arteta is trying to stamp out the game obviously he's he, he wants to drum in the the professionalism and also the um, the meaning of the game. He's played in the fixture himself, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, we've we we can't afford to keep losing players week in week out from uh, silly yellow cards or a red card coming from a, a silly chance yep. like we've saw with, with Lamella. Yep. So
0: uh, very very well put. Very well put. The other question I had for you um, is obviously Odegaard did score yes um he is on loan at arsenal my understanding with without any uh deals in place to make that permanent yep um do you think that what am i getting at here essentially what i'm getting at is we see emil smith rowe playing. i thought he played quite well in the game um was very tenacious which is something we didn't see from, from Odegaard. He he was he was in there and and doing his tricks and his flicks, but that just impact of, of solid running at players and putting on the pressure. He's he's not he's he's a very ozil type player. And provided mm-hmm. Sis can get a goal. Do you think that potentially him getting more games or developing him for the likes of Real Madrid, um, is gonna hinder the development of Emil Smith Row?
1: No, I there's there's quite a few people that have been saying that, and I don't think that that is something that we need to be worried about. Obviously, there there is, um, I'm I'm very keen on on both players. Yeah. For Emile Smith Rowe, we had seen glimpses of him, glimpses of him over the last couple of seasons, and it's only really this year that we've we've seen him kind of flourish, and he has been one of the standout players. Mm-hmm. And I think it's 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 fair to say that the younger the younger generation of this current Arsenal squad have definitely been the the, the bright spark of this season. Um, in terms of Erdegaard we've we've got him in on loan. There was obviously the 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 desire to kind of fill that that void uh, that Arsenal were current or currently had. Yeah, uh, and we obviously didn't want to fulfill that position with Mesut Ozil, obviously because he's left. But I think we still need cover in that position. Now, we have seen on a couple of occasions now, both Emil Smith-Rowe and Martin Erdkar playing on the pitch at the same time. And they are very similar in terms of the number 10 position or the, the orthodox number 10. But we have seen Emil Smith-Rowe playing out on the left-hand side. Um, and I, I don't think it's reasonable to to assume that Sorry, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that we would be hindering his or Emil Smith rowes progress, but at the same time, he's he's very young, mm-hmm. he's uh just I think he's not long committed to a long term contract with the club, which is fantastic. Um, and I think. He's, he's going to have plenty of opportunities to play. We don't know what's going to happen with the likes of Danny Sabayos with Martin Erdegaard at the end of the season. There was, there was an interview I was watching yesterday, and it, it did kind of make me chuckle um, because, personally, I would love to sign Martin Erdegaard on a permanent contract yep. if the option was available mm-hmm. um, because I think he's a quality player and he's, again, another young player with a, a lots of talent. Um, but... <laughs> This this particular interview said that maybe not play so well all of the time because if you play well consistently or you play you exceed that, obviously you can end up um, getting like a higher a higher uh, a higher price tag on you when it comes to the summer transfers, yeah. which um, will obviously go against us being that we're a poor club, um, apparently. Mm. So um, if if the option was there, I would definitely purchase. Or go to purchase him, but I don't think in any way, shape, or form that we are yeah. uh, uh, st- stunting okay. Emil Smith Rose's um, development.
0: And and that leads me on to one final question. Um, obviously, with the, the the fact that there is no option to buy, not this uh, like in some of the some loan deals, it's mandatory. They play X amount of games, you've got to buy them. Um, with likes of Odegaard, us we've seen a number of loans over the last few years from Arsenal there's no option negotiating to buy these players and do you feel like that's a failing from a a director of football or whoever's bringing in these players and, and negotiating those deals to get a potentially really good player and then have no option to keep them
1: yes and no and it's that's yes on the basis that uh you could have a player that's absolutely outstanding starts gelling with the team and then um it comes to the end of the season they start getting a good run and then that's it 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 all goes and you're back to square one yeah but no and i mean this with the deepest respect but you could end up with a pepe situation now pepe has been at the club one and a half seasons coming on to nearly two seasons and it's only just recently that he seems to be hitting a bit of form. Yep. Granted, that comes with the um, the regularity that he's playing in terms of in terms of minutes, but you do run the risk of potentially being in a position where you could have that one player that's um, outstanding for six months to a year, yeah, um, but the next. You, but the next couple of seasons they could end up flopping and then you're stuck with that player. Whereas if you do have a player, even when they come on loan, that doesn't um, doesn't achieve or doesn't fulfil the potential that is in front of them, then you're not stuck with that particular player and worrying about having to or end up in a situation you have with Mesut Ozil Say kolasinac Mustafi, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So all the all the deadwood that we've just recently got rid of, there re- you're not lumbered in that same position. And I can actually guarantee that kolasinac will be one of the next ones to go. I know he's on loan at shalker at the moment, but he won't be there. He won't be coming back to us. Fair
2: enough. Fair
1: enough. Guarantee it.
0: Right. I'm going to move on to, to my one good and one bad. Um, one good is that we went more attacking. We we made some positive substitutions in the second half. Um, and went on the attack. And in my opinion, we were more dominant in the second half. Um, my one bad is, our set up against big six teams seems to be a little bit neg. Well, I like say a little bit. It is negative, um, and it does seem to be that mentality of being scared. Where we're in good form, we're we're able to go on the attack. We've got some good attacking players. Yes, we was missing Jesse Lingard because he's on loan from Manchester United, um, but when we did change to being, bring Ben Rama on, bring Lanzini on and, and go with that, that attacking movement, then we played really well. So it's just a bit sad for me that we are chasing Champions League plays at this point. Uh, a great opportunity to... Uh, really in chelsea in fourth and still have a game in hand um and we stuffed it essentially um, so that was my one good one bad there's not much of it i've got other things to bring up about the game but i'll, I'll bring that up uh in our next section i think um through this or officiating
2: i i just wanted to ask you a couple of questions on yeah. that game
1: um so the first one this is more kind of like a, a generic following on from the whole loan situation yes now i get there's there's rules and regulations in um in the, the football but do you not think that we should change the rule that if you have a player loaned out that they should be able to f- face against your parent
0: club um yes and no i don't think there's anything stopping that from happening Um uh, because it used to happen didn't it years ago um, as as many FIFA players will know, um, the commentary there is, "Oh, yeah, my first game was loaned out, and I played against da, da, da and scored the header." And I think it comes down to the monetary thing now. If Jesse Lingard had played and scored the winner, um Manchester United at that point are then very close to West Ham and Chelsea. So if they then fall out of Champions League place, their own player has cost them best part of what 50 million mm. quid I, I think that's a little bit that if they put in a nasty challenge um or something goes wrong then, then, then that may hinder the reintegration of the player that's my understanding of it i know like with lower league teams like a liverpool uh loan out someone to tranmere then they don't tend to put that in there um they do sometimes but You sometimes hear that the non-league clubs play in a a, a, a league club, whether that be Championship, Premier League, and their own players playing against them. But generally, they're very young players; they're not established players like Lingard. Does that make sense?
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And and you see it
0: you see it more as well. Sorry, um, across Europe, so whereby Munich loan out players to people in Hungary and Belgium and whatnot generally they don't have those clauses in there because the chances of the meeting up is slim. So when mm. they do, it's sort of a, an odd occasion. It's not, you're definitely going to get two chances a year to play against this. Oh yeah, no, that makes sense. That's my understanding right. of it anyway. Which I just think for, um, I,
1: I, I, do kinda, I, do, I do get the logic behind it. I just think for me personally, if you're, put, if you're putting someone out on loan... You want them to get game time yeah exactly
0: it, it, it's, um, it, it does seem from from a fan's point of view it does seem counterintuitive. but i can i can also see it from the other side yeah yeah. I, I can understand no, why that, they the way do it you
1: explained it I, the way you explained it i think it makes perfect sense and yeah i think it was articulated very well um the second question i had uh was just in relation to the the champions league slash europa league positions yes um Obviously, West Ham are flying high this season. Yes, we have seen that. Um, there's still some games to go until the end of the season. There are the the likes of well, I think you've got Manchester City, uh, Leicester, Chelsea, Man United currently in the top four, I believe.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, then you've got yourselves in fifth.
0: Of a game, it's had. not. Cool. it's
1: not undoable is it oh. you you can you can achieve it potentially yes. depending yes. on the um the teams around you's results just say for example that you you have an outstanding season or what what we what i would consider an outstanding season for west ham and i don't mean any disrespect by that oh. um, i'm taken would you be happy finishing in a Europa League spot as opposed to a Champions League spot? Or would you feel really disheartened for not finishing in the top four?
0: Um, now, this is, this is something that I've had a number of disagreements with West Ham fans. Um, there are some West Ham fans who seem to be very level-headed and some West Ham fans who are the fickle ones who six months ago were calling for David Moyes to be sacked and not brought back in. And now i saying he's the best thing since sliced bread. Um, before the season started, I said, we need to be aiming for top 10. That, that's a minimum for us. If we finish 10th, that's a good season. The fact that we're now vying for a Champions League spot and it's still possible, um, and until it's mathematically not possible, it's always nice to dream. Um, so, well, ideally, ideally, yes, I'd love to finish fourth. What, what an outstanding achievement. Um, I've come on to my prediction if that does happen in a moment. Um, but, but if we have, a, we, we've got the hardest run of the, our season now. We've had Manchester City, uh, Manchester United. We had Leeds in the middle of them. Um, then we had, that, and then we got Arsenal. Then we got Leicester. And then we got Chelsea. You know, there's I know there's no easy games, but these are all games that could make and break a season. So if we mm-hmm. if we'd got a point at the United game, I would have said good result. They've just beaten City and it's at Old Trafford. No, that would have been a good result getting a point. Um yeah. we we didn't, unfortunately. Um but it's, it's all about the next game and I know a lot of West Ham fans are going oh well the next five games count and I've, I've been one of them that's been bigging them up I think we need to look at each game individually and just concentrate on that rather than going oh fucking hell we've got five huge games that can make or break our season here we need to concentrate on the, on the next one and if we can get at least a point from all of them it will be in the right area won't benefit us greatly but we'll be in the same position we are in, but if we lose all of those games and drop down, drop down, because that table is still tight. Even if we finish eighth, I would say that's a good season for us. Yes, it didn't go right; uh, it, it, it didn't happen. um But our target at the start of the season was to finish tenth. We've we've exceeded that by two places, hmm. uh, and we've had a sort of really good season along the way, or the best part of a really good season along the way. So some West Ham fans are happy with that and they agree with me, and others tell me that I'm stupid. And if we don't get top four, then it's a failing. Well, I'm sorry, but if if at the beginning of the season you had to put ten grand on West Ham finishing in the top four, I can guarantee you none of those who have said, "Well, if we don't finish in the top four, it's a fail, failed season," <laughs> would have put ten grand on it. I can guarantee yeah. you. Um, yeah. Yeah and i think if we finish in the top four i have a prediction okay it will be the first time west ham have played in the champions league in its current form that being said obviously we've got the mark noble will be his final season so i'm sure he will, would lead the team out at some point in that at those games we will win the champions league at the first time of asking but we will also finish rock bottom of the premier league because there is nothing more ultimately west ham than winning the, the biggest competition in europe and then being in the championship the season after <laughs> you know that that's that's the ultimate west ham way isn't it
1: what what would be the ramifications of that would you be able to defend your your champ, your title from the championship
0: well that they uefa changed all the rules didn't they when liverpool won it back in 15, 20 years ago, whenever it was, uh, because they didn't qualify the following season. Liverpool went, and that's a ma- exactly how I imagine that argument was had, but just in a more Scouse accent, so a little bit more phlegm. Um, and they said, yeah, a few of them throwed in. Um, uh, but yeah, so sorry I've just I've just thought back to when we was walking through the park in Liverpool and I can't remember if it was your foot just went oh I just spat on the floor I was like what it was that like, I'm Jamie Carragher um, that's just popped into my head of made love. laugh um, but, but Liverpool made a fuss because they're like well how can we defend our title if we're not in the competition we should be at the right to defend our title so every reigning champion automatically gets a spot in the group stage of the Champions League so Regardless of if we were relegated to the Championship, we would still be in the Champions League, which would, okay. which would be quite interesting with the fixture clashes because I imagine there would be a fair few. Um, but
2: I think it would be the first time ever that a, a second division club has been in the Champions League. I would love to see it. I'm just saying, lot, I, it's... I d- not that I would love to see you in the Championship. But I would love to see you
1: in the Champions League. Yeah.
0: I, I would just love just... to
1: see you coming onto these, going
0: the as I, we've
1: discussed a couple of weeks ago.
0: What would be even funnier is if we're in the championship and i'm still doing that. But... <laughs> yeah. the, the, the thing that scares me, right, is we've heard rumours about deals with the, the London Stadium and being taken under control in twenty twenty three of West Ham and things like that. And that's when you might see, talk speculation, but that's when you might see the owners. Change hands because then they've got obviously a little bit of what well, we own our own stadium, go with it, up the price a little bit.
2: My yeah. concern
0: is if we get into the top four, we've already had Chelsea sniffing around Declan Rice, now Manchester United are sniffing around De- Declan Rice. Thomas Suchek is wanted by Barcelona, two fouls wanted by a number of Premier League clubs, Antonio's wanted by a number of Premier League clubs. I can see us getting to the best part of where we are. And then rinsing that squad every penny they can
2: get. Because if you think of piatt that that when when France went the won the World Cup and he was playing with them, um
0: there like there was 50 million pound bids coming in. They rejected it, he went for what, 30 million, 28 million pounds to Marseille, six months later. And out of it, there was fifty million pound bids coming in. That went out the window, he went for 18 million quid. So the owners mm-hmm. have burnt their fingers so many times, and they are greedy. And that you know, it's hard because, from a fan perspective, they they do ruin the club. That they've they've made promises that they can't fulfil is where mm-hmm. they've gone wrong. But they're also rinsing the club for money by paying their wives to be executives and Karen Brady to be an executive two days a week. She earns more in a week than I do in a year. She she works less than 18 hours a month west Ham united you know it's frustrating to see um but where was i going with this point i've I've gone on a rant and lost my lost my wife (laughs) Uh, but in the same sense it is a business they're trying to make money out of it to fill their own pockets so it's sort of like well if you was in the same boat and you could make money out of it would you do the same? Well, yeah, you probably would, because it's my
2: business. And I own it as much hmm. as it is a football club. It's sort of like, well, I'm the one pumping millions of pounds into it,
0: so I need to get millions of pounds back out of it. Yeah, but it's it's a difficult one. I don't agree with how they're doing it, but I can understand from from their perspective why they do it. The biggest problem is they don't shut up. And they keep making promises and promises and promises, and they don't fulfil those promises which then causes it outrage in the fan base because you've told yep. us you're going to do this you've not done it they said within 10 years of them taking over they would been in the champions league but actually if we do it this year i don't think they're that far off i think they're only a few years out
2: but they haven't invested in the squad but hmm. no they have but they in the wrong areas and in the wrong ways little bit of a mishmash when you take it out I think they've spent about 40 million quid in time Net spend, right
0: um but yeah so it to your question <laughs> after that rant I'm sure you will enjoy the rants and, and 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 the going off piece um if we finish
2: above 10th it's still a good season okay Will there be a little bit of you? That's like I would. Don't don't get me wrong.
0: I would be frustrated because at the moment we've put ourselves in a position where we are the masters of our own destiny, mm-hmm. um, and the players are all giving one hundred percent, and I cannot fault them for that.
2: On the days like like um, we, yes, yesterday when we played Manchester United. Yep. Or the
0: we weren't the better team for the whole of that match and we didn't deserve to win it did we deserve draw possibly but i'm very much one for saying if i'm if not the best man on the night fair play you know so if if more often than not this last stretch of the season we're not the better team then we don't deserve
2: the spot and 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 it's as disappointing as it is You've got to give it to the other teams who do manage to beat you.
0: Oh, yeah. Pardon me, sorry. So yeah, I'm I'm I would be disappointed. But in the same sense, I also don't want to be in a championship. So what what I was getting <laughs> so, at Yeah, what I was getting at is is if we get the Champions League, I think the owners are gonna rinse the club for players and it'll be worse off than if we didn't get into the Champions League. Yeah. yeah that's that's what i was getting at but I, I should have just said it like that really shouldn't i um i
1: do i do in, as as others do really enjoy your rant do
0: you know what the worst bit is right i get halfway through and i just totally forget what i'm talking about and i'm like, like i know there was a point when i start i, I am like I, in my head i've like articulated this like fantastic argument like if i can if i can get this across this would be this would be brilliant and then it it all goes to pot somewhere around the fourth or fifth word. So, <laughs> I, I can't help it. I'm sorry. I've just oh, wasted it. I've I just wasted it. ten minutes of people's time to say something I could have said in two sentences.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'll be happy if they finish above tenth.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. You're disappointing but happy. That's nah, fair enough, mate. It's yeah, fair a enough. A sweet moment. Um mm. that, unless you've got any other West End related questions that you want me to go on another sort of no,
1: the no, no no about. no um, no no for, for the sake of our listeners. <laughs> one, a week's, one a
0: week's more than enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just say how it is. Um, it moves on to my favorite introduction for our next section of this lovely, lovely
1: viewers' ear discretion is as advised. bloody bloody)
0: Now what's what what tickled me there is before I know you said Ian's uh, discretion is advice. I thought you said Ian's discretion is advice. Like, <laughs> just fast forward through his bits. He goes on. A... So we spoke briefly about Davidson Sanchez. That went to to VAR. Um,
2: yep.
0: Would you say for once, good decision. Or would you would you agree? Are you inclined to agree slightly with Mr. Mourinho? I don't. I, do you know what?
1: Right when I, I was I was talking to my dad when when that when that happened, and the my dad was oh get up your fucking cheek. <laughs> you know you know my dad yeah you know my dad. Um, when I first saw that challenge, I was absolutely disgusted. And I, I, I was one of these, like, if, if we don't get a penalty from this, I'm going to stop watching football, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> and I, I hate to admit, and I really hope my dad doesn't watch this video. Wait, after um, my 10-minute but... thing, he would have
0: tuned out, Don't
1: worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, after, um, after seeing it a couple of times, I'm, 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 it's a 50-50 one for me. It really is a fifty-fifty one for me. I I will hold my hands up and say that I do think it was a bit soft. The chance had gone, but at the same time, we've seen penalties given us against us for less. Um. But he, he, Sanchez had gone absolutely clattered straight through to him. Yep. I'm, I'm, I get the bodies on the line and all this sort of sort of business, but just just as an example is that had Lacazette been a fraction of a second slower in terms of taking the shot on, yep. had Sanchez gone through him and not hit the ball, it's still for me a penalty. Yep. But at the same time, just as an example is that if you have a player that's Running through, knocks the ball off, mm-hmm. as in knocks it in front of him, and a player goes through him. That's a foul. So for me, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yes. I think it is it was the correct decision, um, but I, I could understand if it wasn't given. I think it would, it would have taken me a while to get over that. But upon reflection, I could have possibly understood it. But I would say seventy four. 75 percent. i think it was the correct
0: decision yeah uh,
1: and this is why v annoys
0: me because it's. Well, here's, here's, here's the way i looked at that he's the referee pointed straight to the spot but yep. when you see it in full in full speed uh, and from the angle the ref was dude, for it penalty every day of the week um you didn't see that lacazette had already fluffed his shot um i think it was a dopey challenge from Sanchez, and i do think he was trying to just fling his body at it block the shot um but i think where they are look at it they need to look at uh, as they probably did was it a clear and obvious error well no it wasn't and that's where then where the line should have been drawn because then you get the subjectiveness coming to it well the chance was already gone well no was it a clear and obvious error no it wasn't a clear and obvious error so it is a penalty and that's the way i looked at it and i understand Why Mourinho felt aggrieved because the chance had already gone. Should he have gone out? Should the VAR have made him look at the uh, monitor? Maybe, but then it then again it it comes into the subjectiveness. But you're also then referring it back to the on-field official who has got the feel of the game. Was it meant in a? Was it uh, there any intent behind it? No, I don't think there was. To give him the decision. The biggest thing I do think that we still need, and we're debating on this about this every week, is the communication. Mm-hmm. Why can't and and I know they go well? It's hard to do. Well, we can hear what all the players are saying, and the F and M and the people have to apologise for that. Why can't we hear what the officials are saying? Mm. And I think
2: part of that, and that leads on to one of my points, is because the referees bias. Um, the, the official in the Ma- Manchester United West Ham game was fucking abysmal uh,
0: and I, I do apologise for using that language but there is no other words for using it other than fucking abysmal um, and one of the things I'm going to say about it is my favourite Manchester United player is Scott McTominay the big Scott he flies around the pitch puts in a tackle can hit a ball uh, As a person who doesn't particularly like Manchester United, I I think he's a class player. However, he got a a ticking off. Naughty naughty, he don't do it again. Three bad tackles later, that were all bookable offences in their own right, he got a yellow card. And then he put in another two yellow card challenges, which he got nothing for. Not even three kicks. And it's like, at what point should someone be saying, you need to look at that, because he should have been booked for that. VAR doesn't look at yellow cards hmm. um so that that wound me up and then the fact that manchester united time wasted in the extra time right so it was three minutes of added time a time wasted for a minute and a half i know this because i timed it then at f- 93 minutes we have a call ball goes out for a corner referee blood to whistle end the game well hang on a minute we've only played a minute and a half of extra time If that was at the other end, they would have continued having corners because it is an attacking opportunity
2: until they'd scored a goal. That's how it goes. But there was uh, a number of penalty shouts which didn't get looked at by VAR. The referee wasn't interested in it. None for um Manchester United, no penalty shouts Manchester United. But that's (laughs) surprising
1: man you love a penalty don't
0: they the the closest thing there was for, for for that and i did think they were going to give a penalty and and at that point i would have stopped watching was when bruno fernandez went over um fabianski so fabians laid there he's, he's and it, it, i didn't see any contact bruno fernandez jumped over him and rolled around on the floor it obviously was some contact because um Tabianski was staggered down for a little while I don't know whether that was just a bit of shock or what it was but before Fernandez kicked him he was already down he was already had both hands over the ball and he was in he was stationary so the fact that Bruno Fernandez then continued to roll around on the floor for a couple of minutes until he realised actually no one's bothered then got up and ran off he wasn't hurt
2: hmm.
0: you know you're like we've I was surprised that Manchester United didn't get that as a penalty
2: because we've seen what they've had they have got this but it wasn't more it wasn't the VAR that I was disappointed in it was it was just the officiating Hmm. um I mean I thought VAR looked at penalty shouts they should do they didn't there was two clear penalties Hmm. like like, player going through through
0: player (laughs) like no contact on the ball Pulling of shirts, which is a yellow card, we've seen them given all season long. Nothing. Yep. um And it's just it's just very frustrating.
1: Oh well, we've we've banged on about it for the last two years now, haven't we? With the inconsistency was with EIR. There was um a stat that I managed to to look out for this uh, for this current season is that Arsenal have been hard done by for 12 VAR decisions 12 this year which is i'm not i'm not saying i mean if if you were to put that as at half the points
2: mm-hmm.
1: um because there there could have been draws out of games and and whatnot we could we could be at, in a higher position
2: yep.
1: um and again we've we've said it uh so many times that they are they are subjective that you could have a panel of three referees and each one of them could give a different reason as to why or why not a decision has been made yeah.
0: and, and, and that's the bit
1: that pisses me off
0: and, and that's why I think it's imperative um that, that we are able to hear officials and if that yeah. if that means that they have to book players for foul language which is by the the, the laws of the game is an offense then so be it book them. Mm-hmm. and when they kick off send them off because after two weeks they will stop doing it yep oh actually we're down four players in the first 15 minutes that ain't on well hang on by the laws gate you oh you you were swearing which is misconduct and then you were swearing at the referee which is also misconduct so yeah rightly you were sent off
2: Mm -hmm. i think it
1: might be it might be something that we see introduced when crowds and stuff start coming back in because then it will drown out the uh, the the noise on the pitch, I'm not saying it'll be completely because, I mean, there are some times that you still get uh, fans running past the on-pitch mics where they you can hear them swearing and stuff like that. And you, as you said, you do have the occasional, well, sorry for any bad language you may have heard. Um, but you never know that that may be something that they... I, I can't see it happening, but you never know.
0: But they're also missing a trick. When you go and watch rugby, you... You can buy for that game saying it's tuned into the same frequency, a little radio that's tuned into the same frequency as the referee's microphone. And they're like £5 a go. So you know, you're, like, you're missing out on, I, I, on millions of pounds every match day because yeah. people will buy them.
2: Here well,
1: it's, it's what? Like the five, f- £5 five a go times, even, even if you look at half the stadium or even 20,000 people.
2: <laughs> that's a lot of moolah.
0: Yeah, every game mm. but, I, but the re- the only reason I can see they don't want to do it is because they're saying things uh, and, and making decisions that they know are wrong
2: because
0: mm. you do see it when in the first half where a referee makes a I mean, you used to see it more before VAR a referee makes a clanger gives a penalty away that wasn't a penalty he gets a chance to look at it in a, in a changing room at half time and then gives a really, really light penalty the other way looks for any excuse to give a, a good opportunity so they are not, not saying that needs to be perfect, but if it's if you're able to communicate why that decision has been made, then I think a lot of fans will go fair enough yeah, but I, I, I don't agree with it, but I
2: understand uh, and I Absolutely. yeah um I, I've just had a, a news flash on my screen oh yeah um apparently jose Mourinho has also has now fined harry Kane. apparently he turned up 80 minutes late to north london derby i,
0: <laughs> I was gonna I was, if, if, if it's i was i was gonna bring that in earlier but i just totally forgot <laughs> um,
1: Oh, and that was me thinking you were being sincere. No, banter,
0: uh, banter, uh, hashtag banter. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, but across the league, we've 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 discussed obviously the the major one in in the Arsenal game. We've discussed the poor officiating overall, especially in the West Ham Manchester United game. Has there been any other clangers that you've noticed this weekend?
1: Uh, to be honest, um, I haven't seen many of the games. I, I watched. A lot of the highlights, but a lot of the highlights don't sure. really yeah. tend to go into it unless it's something like a couple of weeks ago um, for the West Brom decision or something, because it, that was kind of like a game changer. Um, if They kind of went into it a little bit, but apart from that, I didn't really see anything really stand out be yeah. fair and there was one thing i did actually want to touch on, Go on. um in terms of the arsenal game mm-hmm. did you see the bit where um harry kane just absolutely went through gabrielle
0: yep yellow card
1: all day long yep I, and i can't i can't even understand why there's no nothing retrospective
0: but this, this is this is this is my this is my point about harry kane he's yes he can score a goal but he's dirty player and i've said it for mm. years and i will continue to scream it from the rooftops <laughs> he's he's a dirty player and he gets sort of the brushes of the green because he's the england captain or well, harry Kane wouldn't do that he's the england captain yes he fucking would mm. and he did he does it every game he spits the elbows he claws he pulls and he absolutely slams players without any need
1: mm. Well, that was that was the only other thing. I've, I've, it, was disgust, it was disgusting, yeah, no, I agree, and I think yeah. that's that stemmed from the frustration that we did manage to keep it. So if you go back and look at my preview, I did actually mention that we needed to keep Harry Kane quiet because he loves a goal against us. I think he's called like seven in seven against us. Uh, Son has been in unbelievable form the last few seasons. Mm-hmm. And we were quite fortunate. I mean, there were some scenes from other streams and stuff where you do see them laughing. Uh, at a a player's misfortune, um, obviously, (laughs) uh, what I I believe to be a hamstring injury. And it wasn't that I was applauding the fact that he was injured. It was more applauding to the fact that um, that's a player that they are going to have... Have to to or we are not going to have the struggles against again because he's been in abs- outstanding yeah. form. And he, as soon as I saw him get injured, that was more of a relief for me that he was yeah. coming off. I wouldn't go. Wah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> more, but yeah. I can understand Gareth, where he
0: came from.
1: And Gareth Bale as well was another player who has been in excellent form as of late, but just didn't get into the game yesterday. And I, I think that was more kind. Of, of boiling over for Harry Kane for his frustrations because, as you jokingly said, it took him 80 minutes to get into the game. Um, he hit the post a couple of times, or there was a couple of chances right at the end. Um, yeah. I think, and I think we were really fortunate to hold on at the end. But three points, Northland is red. Come on, you
0: gunners. Here's the thing, right? A lot of Tottenham fans are moaning about the negativity and
2: how bad the players are, and the Mourinho and this, and the yeah. other. Um, Potticino was getting the same result.
0: Towards the end of his tenure, they were playing negative football. No one wanted to press. And Potticino plays a pressing game. And not a single one of those Tottenham players was pressing. So the fact that hmm. Tottenham players are now moaning they're not pressing under Mourinho, well, is that Mourinho's fault? Or is it the players?
1: I remember a call on TalkSport on Drive Time uh, over the winter, yeah, Spurs were doing quite well, and I think they were right near the top at this particular point, if not at the top at one point. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if they were or not. And there were some people that phoned up, and they were asking, "Would you be happy to play the style of football that you're playing and pulling the results out, or would you rather see you playing free-flowing, more attacking football?" And I think it's it would be very much if the results are going your way. I personally, I wouldn't give a shit if we were playing ultra defensive, counter attacking football and we win one nil every game. Yep. It wouldn't bother me. It's when you start losing those games, and then you're not even going out and making a chance of it. That's I think when you would get frustrated with it. And that was very much the opinion of um, a few of the Spurs fans that were phoning up about that particular uh, topic. They were saying it's all very well and good um, when when it's going in your favour. But then, I don't. I don't think you could then. Um, oh no, no, you can because football fans are, are fickle. Um, you can. You can be pissed off if it's then not going
2: in your favour. But.
0: but the thing is, is we see it. The season that, that Potts got the sack and Mourinho is bought in. Tottenham were doing really well, the beginning of the season. Free, free flowing football. Players playing really well, scoring lots of goals. Then all of a sudden, they're, they're playing really well. All right, we're second. Switch off. By then, can't get a tune out of them. Won't press. Won't score goals. Can't defend. Beginning of this season, Mourinho's up there. And everyone's going, Tottenham could win it this year. Playing free-throwing football. Scoring loads of goals. Seems like it's in the bag. All of a sudden, players switch off. Won't hmm. get a tune out of them. They can't defend. They won't press. That's I, I don't... I think systematically there's a problem with that dressing room hmm. um there are some big characters in there harry kane's a big character in there Delly ali's a big character in there hugo Lloris, who, who is a big character in there but he's also having the worst spell of his career not necessarily all his fault i think some of that comes to down to the, the players in front of him not giving him the protection that a goalkeeper should get but Delly ali's had a falling out with the manager Hanging in on Bellet had a falling out with a manager exciting um harry kane doesn't seem like he's happy he doesn't look like he's 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 not scoring a goal a game so he, he he's obviously clearly gonna be unhappy with with maybe his own performance but he's not gonna be happy all of that then brings in more negativity more negativity more negativity and then it's really hard to get out of mm.
2: uh,
0: and and it, it, it did it meant the sack for pot and they brought in Mourinho and that lifted spirits and now 18 months down the line we're in the same spot i haven't mm. i haven't got rid of any of those players
1: i think i think one of the things is is for, for spurs this year is their forms because i think they go through what dips and waves don't they mm. Um, I mean they, they had a pretty good run at the start of the season oh, yeah. where they were flying high and then they kind of dropped away a bit. And that t- that obviously shows in their league position. But they come into this particular fixture against us off the back of I think it was like five or six wins. Um so for me they were going in as favourites into the game, which is why I gave the prediction when we were doing the live stream last week that we were gonna get absolutely tonked. Um, but but there was there was just something in me. When I come to do my my preview, I thought, do you know what, we've we've had some shockers recently in terms of the Burnley result. That was obviously a draw, um, but I think one of the things that we've seen just recently is when you compare us to the start of the season, and certainly towards the end of Unai Emery's reign at the club, mm-hmm. we weren't creating chances. Now. We've sorry we weren't creating chances and the defending was crap. the The defense has improved. I wouldn't say it's it's impeccable. It's improved under Mikel Arteta, but we saw kind of the opposite effect. So under Unai Emery, we were scoring goals, but we were still conceding goals. Under Mikel Arteta, we were conceding less goals, but at the same time, we weren't. A, creating as many chances or B, scoring as many goals. Yeah. So, But just recently, we have seen the balance kind of go in our favour and we have been making a lot more chances. We just need to become a lot more clinical with those. Um, and that's something I think will come over time. And you're starting to see some of the performances out of the players, such as your mill uh, Sorry, I think that's a bit harsh. But in terms of Saka, I will say Emile Smith-Rowe, Um, Granit Xhaka, I think, since he came back from his red card, I think it's been absolutely brilliant. Um, Nicholas Pepe, you know how much I'm kind of on the fence with him. He's he's starting to show a lot more promise. Certainly over the last six or seven games, um, <clears throat> sorry, six or seven games that he's played in. There's still uh, some mistakes in his game, i.e. he holds onto the board t- a bit too long occasionally, but he's, he seems to be a lot more threatening. And I think the right-hand side is definitely the position for him, so he can cut in on his right-hand side. It does make him slightly more predictable, but I think if he's if he's given the chance, he's got the pace, he's got the skill, he's got flair, I think he can get a shot away. Um, and
2: I can't remember where I was going with this. He's gone. You've been talking to me for too long, mate.
0: <laughs> it's gone. It's what? all gone. Oh yeah. Um, so I
1: was just saying <laughs> that, that, um, it's just come back to it. Um, so yeah, because because we have seen the the development. So you look at the uh, the Olympiakos game that we played last week, and we look at the Benfica game, where there were um, stupid moments, but then we we've come back and pulled through and we we have created more chances, we've scored more goals. And I think certainly against Olympiacos, um, <clears throat> we were 1-0 up, they obviously equalized due to a stupid goal. Um, and then we it, it was almost like there was a switch. And I had exactly the same feeling coming in, into the Chelsea game when we uh, tonked Chelsea uh, the second half, uh, sorry, in the, the reverse fixture. Uh, at the beginning of the year oh sorry the back end of last year um that I wasn't confident going into that sorry I was more confident going into the game because of what I'd seen in Europe Mm -hmm. and that was what it was like coming in for this this particular game so um yeah I think for for Spurs that they we may start seeing them on a bit of a dip I'm not. I'm not saying we definitely will, but you never know.
0: Yeah, just
1: I, just from looking at the season, I think it looks to be they, going that way.
0: They lived up to their expectation of being a bottle job, didn't they? One hundred percent. As you said, they were the informed team. Your fixture was moved, so was theirs. So
2: you had to travel; they didn't. um Where was it? I'm sorry, home. Not for you. The Emirates. Yeah. yeah so sorry <laughs>
0: yeah not that that really makes a difference anymore because there's no there's no crowd but they they were also the informed team they're, they're scoring lots of goals you're out of form so it was theirs to lose and as soon as it was theirs to lose you know that they're not going to capitalize which is a good thing um, <coughs> before we go any further because i have got another important question to ask you
1: Especially... can we just cut there for just two seconds oh, I'm busting for a piss.
2: Give yeah. me two
0: You will never tell him. We'll never tell him we'd undid it. But we did. West Ham are oh, fucking massive. Hashtag massive in the chat, please. Right. So as we was saying before, my one very important question. Shall we move on to the scores on the doors? Yes. So we
1: had two fixtures last week. Arsenal versus Tottenham, Manu versus West Ham. Uh, we'll start with the Arsenal Tottenham fixture. In you predicted a very optimistic 0 5, Tottenham to win 5 0. And I predicted Tottenham to win 3 1. The score, however, and was closer if you watch my preview. Just to reiterate, if you watch my preview, I did mention it, it was, I th- I thought it was going to be 3 1 in the other way. Uh, you don't get any
0: points that. Arsenal that. Did win you two- Sorry. Count.
1: <laughs> Doesn't no, count no, 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 no. Predict two, one, I predicted 2-1 in my uh so <laughs> um so uh Arsenal 1-2-1, unfortunately, zero points for both Uh we then go on to the Manual West Ham game. Ian, you had 2-1 to West Ham. I had 2-1 to Manchester United. The score was 1-0 mm-hmm. and um I get a point. You get zero points. So for this particular week, uh, I come away with one point in zero points. So the table, as it stands, is forty-eight points to me, forty-five to you. So there's still, still close. One week can change it. One week can change it. And this week,
2: Seven points.
1: Yes. Um... A silly idea,
2: silly
0: from idea me. <laughs> but I, I like it because it, it could cost you so could well cost you and that reason is double points is um the next
2: game up and there is only one game. it's west ham versus Arsenal. so there will be some extra videos make sure you are
0: subscribed to our channel so you can see what will be coming um but as with the home team, should I give you my little prediction first? Go for it, mate. Uh, my prediction is: Reno can't dive left, right, left, right. <laughs> uh Jesse Lingard is
2: back. Ornelas, who was out injured, hopefully will be back. Osborne may be back. Masuaku
0: is back in training, so may be back. So we may be at a full complement, West Ham United. Um now as i said earlier west ham or david moyes has set us up quite negatively when we play a big six team which traditionally you would put arsenal in maybe not this season but but traditionally so my concern is that we are going to play five three two
2: and be poor if if we play a five two three like we have done with two wingers which
0: hoping will be the case with Lingard on one side Bemerama on the other. Then I think we'll we'll, we'll give you a, a game. If not then I think it could be quite boring. Part of me wants to go for a nil-nil draw if I'm honest but I'm gonna be optimistic and say it will be an interesting game and we are gonna
2: win two one <laughs> I wanted to go two all but I was like no positive two one west ham do you
0: know what's funny do
1: you know what's funny i wrote my prediction for you Mm -hmm. as in what i thought your prediction would be and i've already got two one written in the box
2: for you good good (laughs) i was gonna go i would say i want part of me wanted to go nil nil and i really hope it's not nil nil because we need points but in the same breath
0: i would take a point out of this game
1: I think going on recent fixtures, in ter- especially in terms of away, fi- we we tend to not to do away. Uh, t- sorry, to do well away, uh, we have seen it for I don't even know how many seasons where the home record is definitely better than the away record. We have seen some turnaround in away fixtures. Um, certainly this season, that it's been more positive in terms of away fixtures. Yes. This unfortunately is a London Derby, and as we have seen, form goes out the window for Derby. I have seen some improvements to Arsenal as I mentioned earlier over the last few weeks, um, in terms of the mentality, and I do think this is a game where our home sorry our away record could be more improved and picking up a win away uh, I do think that we, we will have a steady goal in us as we attend to, uh, to done as we tend to do we haven't kept a clean sheet as I mentioned in 10, 10 games now and I think that will continue into the 11th game but well, I'm going to go 2-1 to us in this particular game oh,
0: so as 50, you mentioned, if you know, one of us could be happy one of us could be miserable or you could both be miserable with a 0-0 draw <laughs> yeah i think that's that's the worst case scenario isn't it really nil nil draw (laughs) um
1: yeah no i I do think there will be goals um it wouldn't surprise me as well if you wonder up. fair
2: enough
0: right that leads us on to our last little section which we do call any other business but it's sort of any other business throughout anyway so But there there is two footballing questions I have for you. The first being there are rumours the Premier League are going to postpone the 36th and 37th game of the season. So every club then has the opportunity to have 10,000 home fans
2: for one of their games. Do
0: you think that's a good idea? Or do you think we should just play it as we're meant to play it? It's unfortunate for those who don't get the fans.
1: Uh, it's, that's a tough one. It's a tough one because we've also got to think of
0: the Euros because mm-hmm. we've got that in the summer. Um, and every club is lying but... about fixer congestion.
2: Yes,
1: and also uh, fans haven't been able to, or only a few clubs were able to have fans in the previous uh, tiering structure within the UK do you know what it's it is a tough one it is a tough one i do think do you know what that's one of those ones i'm i genuinely don't know
0: what would be best well mike doesn't know i'm not too sure i'm sort of on the fence with it i can understand why they want to do it to try and bring a bit of joy to the country but in the same sense fuck them. um <laughs> you know, so I
2: don't deserve it. Yeah, let us know what
0: your <laughs> opinions are on that in the comments section below, or get at us on Twitter. The other question I did have is Mesut Özil. Little bit of a I don't know what you could say about him at Arsenal? Divides opinions is probably the nicest way to put it. Uh, fans, some fans loved him, some fans hated him. Some players loved him, some owners didn't. Um, however, there have been calls from the Arsenal fan base to sack other players because they are donning uh, Merzah Ozel's merch he has a merch company and they are all wearing it and some names that have been called for or pictures that have been seen wearing it uh, Lacazette Aubameyang and William. what is your opinion should they be treated in the same way that he was for, or, or or treated by the fan base in the same way that they treated him when he wasn't on form, for supporting his other business ventures, or should it just be let them wear what they want to wear?
1: I'm not being funny. I think Hector Bellerin come out once in a fucking bin bag.
0: Is uh, yeah, French, and he? Or is he Spanish? No, he's Spanish. He's I, really want to make Spanish, Spanish yeah. I want to make Bellerin French. I don't know why
1: um i think- i think that's it's it's not even a stupid question um <coughs> not even from you so sorry what i mean what I mean by that is it's it's stupid that people are starting to get outraged by supporting messer venture into the clothing industry a clo- a piece of clothing does not have or does not symbolize beliefs in religion political views or anything like that they are merely wearing a piece of clothing supporting a friend's uh business that might actually genuinely like the clothes i mean i've had a look personally it's not my cup of tea but then i've never really been the the height of fashion um in in any walk of life that i've been in um, it's not my personal cup of tea, but I I think if it was something similar for uh, for, the, for the likes of yourself or a, any other of my friends that are starting up a clothing business. In fact, I can actually relate to that because there's a guy who does uh, my tattoos who is um, obviously struggling due to the current pandemic, but he has given him... Uh, The ability to open up other ventures, and has just recently launched his own clothing line, which I have placed placed an order in for a T shirt and a hoodie. And I would like I would like to think I would do that for for other friends as well, providing I liked
2: it. Um, Yeah. You heard it here first. So if you like it, buy it. Yeah. Regardless of whether your clubs banned
0: you because you didn't like slavery in China. Yeah, I, I,
1: it's it's stupid, it's stupid, the narrow-mindedness of some people, and to be honest, I am starting to get really frustrated with some of the comments that you see on social media, and it it does sometimes get close to the point of me wanting to come off social media just because you deal with some absolute knobs voicing their opinions. Um But At the same time, it is good because you get to see people hurting themselves for stupid video in stupid videos. So,
0: opinions are a bit like assholes, everyone's got one. I don't necessarily want to hear it (laughs) exactly, exactly. Um, Um, so okay, that's a good standpoint. Now, I do have two more quick points for you. Southford City, yes, become the shortest reigning. Uh, people to hold the Papa John's Trophy as it is now known, or whatever it used to be known as. Um, the LDV Vans Trophy. That's or it, whatever. yeah. Vanaraman, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, they held it for 24 hours. It was last year's Cup Final that was, was postponed until the other day. 24 hours later, Sunderland beat Portsmouth and they're now reigning champions. Um, so, does does that, in your opinion, have to go down as the worst title defence ever yes less than 24 hours you've already lost it yep didn't even get to play in the final Um, and one last final thing Grandad Glazer I don't know if he's a grandad I'd assume he He looks about 900,000 years old one of the guys who owns a lot of of stake in Manchester United uh, allegedly has put up for sale 78 million shares Manchester United doesn't mean that's not all of his shares Uh, Manchester United fans Right, are up in
2: arms that that means Manchester United won't see any of that money because it's his own personal sale. Are Manchester United fans thick as shit? Um, Or do you think he should
0: donate his own personal wealth by selling those shares to Manchester United? i I
1: would put that question in a different aspect that if you had money in your savings account, would you give it away to your football club if you if you if you had would you no I'll put it in a slightly different aspect. your house is an asset this is would you sell your house in order to fund your club
2: um
0: no. Well, if you ask me on a Monday. <laughs> yeah. No, I fucking I've, I've wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. It's his it's own personal of, world. Uh, do you know what?
2: It's yeah. it's his to do what he And this is the bit
1: that pisses me off.
0: I've
1: I've seen um I've seen people tweeting Messi Azel, right? Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things that absolutely outraged is that you have people messaging Messi Azel you you do have the sincere ones such as um p- please forgive me for saying it in this context, in this tone, but little girl has cancer, Messer Urzal, please can you help? Um send us a shirt so we can uh kind of raffle it off for uh, fundraising right yeah. and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Or or um but my daughter is sick or my son is sick, please please can you get a signed shirt from the team or something that bit i can kind of get at but when you have people messaging this a mess at ozil saying give, give us five grand and then someone tweeting back saying why would he give you five grand and the response being well he gets paid 350 grand a week he don't need it that really, really, really well, got on my tits.
0: If if you if you did that the other way round and someone earns three hundred
2: pounds a week and you say give us fifty quid they go, No then surely they're just as bad as Mazat we
0: for not giving them fifty grand or whatever it was, five grand. So what I agree. We, we, we hear it here first. You've heard it here first. Officially, football fans are thick as shit as a collective. there are there are there are moments moments of individual brilliance and i will put myself into this into this category as a collective we are thick as shit (laughs) sorry folks it's
2: thanks for watching
0: watching. (laughs) Um, some of you might disagree but i'm not saying individually but as a collective at and people on Twitter. Yep. I'm not sure what's worse. I'm going to run the Twitter poll. Who's worse, football fans or people on Twitter?
1: As well as the goal of the week. Check as it well out. As well
0: as the goal of the week. <laughs> uh, have you got anything football-related to finish us up with on potentially a more positive note than we are as a collective figureship?
1: On a positive note, no. I um, okay. just wanted to get your thoughts on, is it Chris Wilder been um, or? i'm not entirely sure what's happened did
0: he resign did he get sacked what happened uh, i think they they Shepherd united just to clarify. yes uh my understanding is from, from reports i've read that they left on a unmutual or, or, or mutual mutually agreed to part ways because they were having disagreements and that is chris wilder and the board uh some are saying it's a sacking some are saying he resigned so i don't think uh, unless you was in the room where it happened or on the telephone call i don't think you're ever really gonna know the truth um i think it's sad for sheffield united he sort of brought them back from nothing um giving mm-hmm. them giving them a bit of hope giving them their best premier league total ever yes they have second suckered, suffered suckered, suffered from second season syndrome uh but i think he would have stayed on and um guided the team back to the premier league Sorry, I mean, some are saying the board weren't oh, oh got a bubble. Some are saying that the board weren't happy with his signings. Uh like Rian Oh it's like hiccups. Rian Brewster. Uh was an expensive signing. They didn't back him in January. Um uh, he he wanted some loan signings. They said no, we're not giving you any more funding. Um uh, so it's sort of that relationship has as, as... out. Yeah. Um so I don't blame him for leaving because They need to invest in the club. He has done well. He's proven they can do well. They've suffered injuries in the beginning part of the season. Some real key players out for them. They lost, in my opinion, one of the best goalkeepers in the league um, and got the relegator in. Um, Yeah, sad. sad. But I do think he will go on to bigger and better things than Sheffield United. But I, I, I can't imagine there will be a single Sheffield United man who is glad about it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: But so it's, it's sort of, it's sort of like um, bittersweet. Like, I think they all wish him well, but they wish he would still there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but that was it. That was that who was knows. my alb. Well, in, in until next week,
1: I
2: have been Ian. I've been Mike. We are FDT TV. We will see you soon. Bye. Thank you boop, <laughs>